You're listening to The Magnet Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Magnet Theater Podcast. I'm your host, Louis Kornfeld. My guest today is the great Ari Miller. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Louis. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, big times ahead for you. Big things. At least two like really awesome things right off the bat. First off, your long-term team, the executives, is now permanent moving to Friday nights. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. That's very exciting. Yeah. And the second big news is that you're taking over the sketch program here. Yeah. For Chet. Yep. Congrats on that. Thank you very much. Let's start off talking to the executives and we'll work our way backwards. Okay, cool. So tell me about the new Friday night show with the executives. Uh, Well, yeah, we're moving to every Friday starting in April. We'll do a couple Sundays first as previews. Um, but we're just going to do a theme every month, which we've kind of have a history of with. We do like at least one theme show per season so far where we take a, a concept and and break it down. And as opposed to having just separate sketches that have like their individual funny ideas, we do that, but make sure they fit under like the umbrella of a larger idea. So maybe it's a romantic comedy that's in the uh, like medieval ages is one we've done. So you get you seven sketches still inside of that that don't necessarily have to do with each other, mm-hmm. but we're taking you through a romantic comedy that's all take takes place in the medieval times. It, it, everything fits under that umbrella. So this will give you the time now to like really get to get to uh, um, get to explore that idea. I th- yeah, absolutely. And, you know, doing it every week, it'll obviously by the last week be super refined, you yeah. know. Um, but I think it's it's nice to have to be able to like sink your teeth into something that's a little bit denser or more uh, challenging than than just uh, uh we come in with sketches, we, we refine them, we, which is challenging in its own right, no doubt. But, uh, but yeah, to like give yourself the extra, uh, like weight to carry, to yeah. have to fit all, all this under an idea that, you know, maybe you aren't even that excited about. There's nine of us, so that's going to happen for sure. Yeah. But, uh, it's really exciting. It's, it's right into a assignment more than just writing because you think this is funny. When did that change start to happen for the team? Like when did you begin to, to, to have a more willful direction about like what your voice was going to be? Um, that's hard to say, uh, cause I think it just sort of naturally just change people develop over time and we're in the same room every week. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if there's like a, a point, uh, like a moment you can point to, but we did, uh, our first season, we did a, a show like this that was a little more encompassing. And, uh, it, I think we all just jumped on board and figured it out as we went along and we've done two since then and it's gotten easier every time. Mm. And in the time between those shows, I just think we've all gotten better. Uh, we're all, we've all know how to do sketch comedy now. Um, and I, people just feel in the room, like they have agency and they can be like, no, no, I don't think that's funny. This is how I feel, you know, and it's not offensive when people say that it's just, it's great. It, yeah. It's a more of a discussion. So I think we just trust each other a lot. And, and over time it's just sort of congealed. It feels better. Yeah. You know? That's cool. Yeah. And now you're taking over the program from, uh, Chet. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be the new director for the sketch program. Congratulations. Thanks. And, uh, and condolences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a shit ton of work. Uh, yeah. It's How, tough. How's that going to be? Um, I'm stoked about it. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it'll, yeah, it's going to be a, a ton of work. Like, uh, like Chet certainly put into it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited to, I'm excited to make some, some changes and, and definitely maintain everything that has been working so well. Uh, I think we've seen the sketch program, uh, go through the roof. I think it's so good right now. Um, and I'm particularly excited for these new teams. Uh, but I think there's, you know, there's changes to be made. Like I I'd like more opportunity for people. I'd, I'd like a, like the ladder to be higher. Mm. Like you can feel like you can still keep climbing further once you're on a sketch team mm. beyond just, Oh, now I'm on this team. I can do my reps. And I can get better at sketch. 
yeah, I'd like there to be more of a place to to feel like you can land higher than than on this once you get better, once you develop on this team. Yeah. And I don't know that there's super space for that right now, but and I don't I don't know what that will be, but that's one of my goals. Do you have thoughts in mind for that, or is it just kind of like laying that as a goal to discover as you go along? Thoughts, but they're all pretty in utero. They're they're pretty uh, early on, but yeah. it's definitely one of the things that I'd like to tackle. It's that is uh, missing right now. Yeah, it's not it's not there. Do you think like for someone breaking into sketch right now, um, do you think the goal is more of like a like an individual? Like, do you want people coming through the program to become individually sharper and tighter and kind of jack of all trades? Or is the goal to create like an ensemble or a troupe that has its own very distinct voice and presence? Or is it just kind of seeing what happens and, and working with the with the material and people that you have? Excuse, oh, well, I don't think they're mutually exclusive, certainly. Um, but uh, when, when I started doing, get it, when I got on a magnet team, selfishly, I was probably more interested in my own development. Mm. And I think that hurt me for a really long time uh, because it's, it's just frustrating. Like you, if, if your goal is to get on a team and get better at this and you're doing this for you, cause you want to build your packet and you want to be like the star of your show, it's not going to happen. And you're not going to make friends. And, and I don't mean that in like a preschool way. You're just like, you're not going to enjoy working with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a, it's a silly thing to be like utterly focused on. But it's it's reasonable to want to get better at this. I think uh, uh, it, it, that's your responsibility to if, to get better on if you want to break into this team. It's our responsibility as a community to be like, okay, but you you come in with a sketch, great, that's your idea. But you're building a show as nine people, and if if the idea that you're so passionate about right now isn't into the it's it's not mixing into the fold of this team. That's not a judgment on your idea. It's just not the alchemy of this show is not working out for that idea. So don't mm-hmm. take it personally. Just like let it let it go and and focus on the team right now. So I guess the difference is like individually think about the long term and for your team, just like, yeah, work on the show. Make this show as best as it can be for the nine people that are in charge of making it or I guess nine to 12. We have like some larger teams now. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think and, and another thing as far as uh, getting better individually is uh, I don't know that it, you're going to get better just because you're doing this. Mm. So don't, don't, don't have that. Your goal should not be, I'm going to be so fucking good by the end of this, by the end of this year, I'm going to have a, like a really clean, like six feature films or whatever. Just, just do the assignments that are in front of you and and do them the best you can. And you're, it's like swinging with a donut. You know, you're going to suddenly one day take off the donut and be like, Oh, I'm fucking good at sketch. I get this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I'd like to ask you to outline for, I want to start off by talking about people who um, are interested in joining the sketch program. Yeah. The expectations that you would have of them as they're applying. And then I want to talk about people who are in the sketch program, the expectations that you have of them, like what kind of assignments they do. And then I want to talk about goals and ideas for like veterans as people can already have a well-honed, already have their chops. And that's what they great. Can do. So, so starting with people who, people who are thinking of applying to sketch, but this might be their first real, um, effort Mm -hmm. towards that. And so presumably these are, yeah, sketch two graduates. They're like, yeah, I think I want to try out a team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, when I look at, when I personally look at packets and this is some stuff that has come up when we're, we're, uh, reading packets to, as directors together, um, is, well, certainly 
off the base, like, do you have a, like a general understanding of, uh, uh, like communicating your idea clearly, right? Am I, am, do, do I think I understand what they're trying to say? And is it consistent? Um, and like, I, I like to think about the architecture of a sketch. Like, does this feel firm? If I put this on stage, would it, would it collapse under itself? Or are there like some support beams built into this sketch? Is there, uh, is, are the ideas we're communicating clear enough that you can stand on them? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like some baseline stuff. Uh, creatively, I think, I think that's, uh, sketches kind of weighed between two ends sometimes. I think there's sketches that are like clearly satire and like they have teeth and they, they, a point of view and they go after something. And then on the other side of things, you have something that's just so unique and surprising that it's, it's, it's fun because I didn't expect this to happen at all. And, and a lot of sketch kind of exists in the middle where it's like, it's, it's not the most surprising thing in the world and it doesn't have a, a ton of teeth necessarily. It's not skewering something. Mm. Um, and I, I would love to see more sketches sort of wrote like magnet to either side of that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the, the commitment. Yeah. Commit to an idea. And, and, uh, if, if you, if you're looking at your sketch and, and you you're like, okay, yeah, this is a weird idea. This isn't about, uh, Trump or this isn't about whatever, you know, um, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Not every sketch has to be a cold open for SNL. Um, but like, is it genuinely surprising? Are you surprised by the thing you're writing down? Is mm-hmm. this like a fresh idea? Um, because I think, uh, we all just end up writing a lot of sketch and this isn't like a judgmental thing. You're going to end up, you're inevitably going to end up a lot. Most of your sketches will be in the middle of those two, uh, like bumper lanes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but certainly when you're putting your packet together, find your sketches. That's like, okay, this makes sense. I communicated it clearly and it's way more surprising or it's like really narrow, like focused and like really cuts into an idea. Um, and not like, Oh, I love this idea. It's kind of similar to something else or it's like, it's not, it's just kind of silly and wacky. Uh, if is that's great, but is it silly and wacky in a way that I've never seen? Or mm-hmm. is like, like, Whoa, that's out of left field. Mm-hmm. Because that's just so much more interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there, there, there's like, um, I, I don't hear people saying this word too often anymore. But it used to be like, oh, random, right, right. Yeah. Like, and and for a long time, random was kind of like a lame excuse for something that was weird because you didn't have anything better to plug into it. So uh-huh. it'd be like a random odd choice. But like, so you're saying that it's okay for stuff to get kind of surreal and and insane provided that it gives a sense of like the personality of the writer of that sketch. It gives you like a little glean into it. There's, there's something, there's something like direct and honest about the way that they're committing to an insane premise. Yeah. Well, certainly if you're going to have an insane premise, commit to it. Yeah. And, and you know, there should be like a philosophy or point of view behind uh, why these people are being insane, mm-hmm. or at least like there's point of view of character and there's point of view of the scene. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of those has to be clear enough that we can attach as an audience to it. Um, but, uh, but what, what I'm mostly saying is don't try not to exist in the middle. Like try to, uh, have a, like, if, if you know, you're kind of like on the, like, Oh, I like, I like Tim and Eric. I like this crazier thing. Then like, cool. Commit to that. Mm-hmm. Be uh, like very strange. Um, and we can work with you on, on, you know, like, okay, why are we being so strange? You know, that's like things you can, if you're putting a packet together, ask yourself that question, certainly. But also in a, in a room, if you just like have a crazy idea, a lot of people bring in a one pager that's like, I don't know. And we pitch to it and we figure it out. Mm. Um, or alternatively, try and have some, if you think this is more of like a topical or like pop culture sketch, then like have some teeth and like have an opinion on something. Mm. Don't just reference it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times sketches just through, I mean, it, 
it's often not a taste thing. It's just like repetition. You know, you just end up following somewhere in the middle. Um, and it's, it can be fun still, but it's just not as satisfying as, as really leaning into either side. Clarity and boldness seem yeah. to be the two big things. Yeah, I think so. You know, we were just talking right before we started recording about uh, um, like the, the tolerance levels for bad improv versus bad sketch. And uh, I've been finding clarity has been kind of the number one thing on my mind for improv the last few weeks. It's the thing I'm like noting people on the most and, and the thing I'm, I'm, I'm becoming most sensitive to watching people improvise in classes is uh, you never lose points for clarity. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a difference between clarity in a, in a sketch and clarity in an improv scene. Clarity in a sketch has to do with laying out the premise very clearly, getting to the game clearly and succinctly and as quickly as you can. Clarity in an improv scene has a lot more to do with the basic architecture of just fundamentally what the relationship is here that we're exploring. Right. But in both of those cases, um, there's nothing more irritating than confusion, either because of overthinking or because of lack of lack of just digging your heels in and kind of insisting on like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And let's like figure out what's funny here. Together. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, like in an improv scene, people will oftentimes be unclear because either a, they're afraid of stepping on the other person's toes. Um, B they're afraid that they don't understand what the other person is trying to communicate. So they're like refusing to commit themselves to a point of view about it. Um, or C it just the, the general fear of getting it wrong having a wrong answer. And so leaving everything kind of like ambiguous. Yeah. This could be a father and son at a baseball game, or it could be uh, two senators, or it could be (laughs) like, and let's see what happens. Right. And, and you have like a very, very short window of opportunity to decide. Mm -hmm. And so like in, in improv shows, it's all about like coaching of like, just make that decision and go for it. Right. What, when you're reading packets that are unclear, what do you think the problem is? What do you think is stopping people from being clear in their premises? Well, sometimes certainly I think it's the same thing. I th- you think you get like a page into your, like a full page or page and change into your sketch. And it's like, oh, there's a funny idea. And this is what we end up following. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times uh, a, or a, when you're a beginning writer, you, you want to be clear and you really want to be clear. And you end up getting in your own way and like either expositing for a whole page or just like casual conversation that you think is like a really natural flow into an idea. And it ends up being rambling. Like we end up just talking about a bunch of stuff before we get to this, the idea that you want to talk about. And it's confusing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like if you see those, if you get those sketches up on stage, uh, people check out like pretty hard before your funny idea. And you can kind of reel them back in, but you had an opportunity to like bring them in with three lines and then hit them with the funny idea. And it's like, oh, cool. We have momentum. We're Mm -hmm. moving forward with this sketch versus uh, overstaying your welcome up top. And then, as opposed to like getting that, like, oh, we're filling an air, a balloon up with air and then popping it mm-hmm. kind of laugh. Mm-hmm. We're like, we, we had some air in it. We kind of leaked a ton of it out. And now we're like, oh no, come, come back on board. Look at this balloon. Look at this balloon. And it's, it's just not sensational. You know, you, you got to really work to get them to get those like back of the house laughs by the end of the sketch now, instead of giving this huge first laugh and just like riding the wave all the way in. What, like what kind of stuff is being packed into the top of a sketch that's making it ramble like that? Is it just like unnecessary points of view among the characters or, or is it, is it cramming too many different character points of view into one scene? It's a lot, but sometimes certainly it's, it's too many. It's sometimes not even character points of view. Sometimes it's often just real chit chat, you yeah. know, like legitimately like, Oh, we're in an office scene. Hey, how was your weekend? Oh, it was pretty good. Bill's still working the grill. Oh, how's your kids? You know, they're, they're two of them are good. Matt, Billy, he's a little shit. Um, and like you keep, 
just general chit chat that is fun for two lines because it's like, oh, I recognize them. But after that, it's like, yeah, I recognize them and they're part of my mundane life. Mm-hmm. Like, bring me away from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus, uh, uh, and then other times, it's certainly it's, you just get some ideas where it's like, you have a lot to talk about. And it's, that's great. But like, your first four lines are four separate sketches. Mm-hmm. Take them apart and like really, really explore each idea and don't hand me four of them at the same time because it's just overload. You know, you have had, you've had time to think about these ideas as a reader or as an audience member. I'm just like, what, what are, what are we dealing with right now? Mm-hmm. I don't have, I don't have the capacity to, to compute this at, at the same rate you've had. Cause you've been thinking about it for so long, mm-hmm. you know? Um, those are two things I've, I've noticed in packets are, uh, people getting in their own way. And I can see how they'd be, uh, both of them seem reasonable, right? Like you do want to start a sketch. You don't want to like the first line of your sketch. If it's unusual, then it's like, well, we'll set up a base reality. You're right. right. It should be, it should be normal. Um, and if you, I understand wanting to get a lot of funny ideas out there cause it's a packet and you want to show people how, you, how you're good at writing. you you can craft a joke, you know, but it's, I also want you to show me that you can separate uh, your unusual ideas. I want you to show me that you can, uh, not just focus on one idea, but really explore it and really show me that it's like, if this is true, what else is true, I think is legitimately the most important thing you do writing sketch. It's mm-hmm. just, cool, this is the only idea, but what does it actually mean for the rest of the world or for the rest of this community? I, it, all, the alternative side of this coin is just repeating a catchphrase, you know, and like, great, you did the repetition really well, but you didn't explore it mm-hmm. versus uh, you're just exploring in, in so many directions that it doesn't feel like we're talking about this one idea. It feels like we're just sort of like pitching. We're doing like a, a pattern game for four pages, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, the middle territory that you, you only find through repetition, you know, is, uh, is I really, I feel satisfied at the end of this sketch because I think we, we got all of the, uh, we like wrung a cloth and got all the water out, you know? And it doesn't feel like, uh, it doesn't feel like we wasted any of the idea talking about something that's irrelevant to it or, uh, or, or, watering it down with just chit chat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't feel like uh, unsatisfying because, oh, you also wedged this other idea and I'm interested in it, but it, it's just too much at once. It's right. too much to compute. Are there any examples that come to mind, like for the curious listener who's who right now is in mm-hmm. the middle of putting the pack together? Are there any examples that come to mind of, of a sketch that you would point to as being like a, a, a pretty clear cut illustration of, of like deft execution? Um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, uh, Evan Ford Barden right here wrote our, a really good, uh, our producer our, sitting to my right. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, wrote a really good sketch for the executives last season, uh, called auto bros. That was really clear idea. And it was just these two guys that were, uh, that were making a show about like how much they love cars. And the like unusual thing was they live with their parents and they're not allowed to touch their dad's car. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was like, we're bad boys and like, we love hot rods. And then the mom comes in and they're like, no, we're not touching the car. We're not touching the car. We're not touching the car. Um, so it's a clear idea, right? That's like a pretty easy thing to, to keep playing. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it wasn't just over and over again of the mom coming in and then being like, oh, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, it, if this is true and also true, cool. If these guys are like, li- they live at home, but they're super like into, e- into themselves. Uh, what else is true? You know, or like, and also just saying what else is true to that, like, I guess, genre of person, right? Like they, you probably wear like silk button up shirts from hot topic kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Right. So they took like metal brakes in there where they just like danced around the car and like, make sure not to touch it. You can't touch that car, but we're going to be like really fucking badass around the car, you know? Um, and I think he said, uh, 
he like, if this is true, what else is true? The point of view of these two guys really well without being just redundant generally by, by them just continuing to be interrupted by the mom. Like mm-hmm. they were able to bring in, uh, information about themselves that was new, but made sense to like, uh, that made sense to themselves without just the same device of the mom coming in and out over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly there was no like random other ideas to the sketch. It was just about these guys that were like, live at, live at their parents too late guys that, uh, wanted to talk about cars, but weren't allowed to touch one. Mm-hmm. That was it. It was the whole sketch. The, so it's simple. It's mm-hmm. clean. Uh, uh, it plays one game over and over again, but it does it in a way that heightens your perception of these characters that makes them more vivid and more colorful the entire time. Yeah. I mean, I think there's games that like are rich enough to, I think that's a, a, a good, an articulate way to say it, uh, Lewis. I, but, uh, I think there's games that are, yeah, they're really rich and it's like the way you play this game is to, uh, give like fresh information, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say it's, if you're like, uh, um, if it's like a, a funeral, this is one I wrote and I'm only using an example cause I know it well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, like if it's a funeral for, um, uh, it's a eulogy at a funeral for a guy whose, uh, dad was the, uh, the guy that made sky mall magazine. Mm-hmm. Right. Then cool. So the, the fun thing about that is like, um, getting really emotionally worked up about the sky mall products, right? Like uh, he uh, had a, a disc player that worked in the shower and it really, it was really special to us uh-huh. kind of thing. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that is something that we kind of, we just, we want to hear more products, right? So it's, it's, it's repetition in that, like, you don't really have to change anything about that idea. Right. You have to get more and more emotionally worked up about new products. Mm -hmm. Um, so we don't need to like write a backstory for this guy necessarily. You're inherently that that's like a simpler, uh, way to do it where we kind of just want to see it again. But what we don't want to see is the same product, certainly. And we don't want to see the same emotion, right? We want to, you get bigger cry every time on like, um, and you can heighten the specificity of the sky malt product. Mm-hmm. So as opposed, like if the first one is a disc changer that plays in the shower, you know, the next one's like, uh, the face of a witch that you put on a tree in your backyard and also it works in a shower, mm-hmm. you know, um, like they just get more sky molly every time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 so I feel like that's, this is something that you see in, um, in improv all the time. Uh, especially when people get to the phase of their improv where they kind of begin to figure out patterns in game. Yeah. Where um, uh, it becomes gameplay almost as like an obligatory thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they'll find the pattern and then they'll just keep on repetitively hitting the same pattern over and over again. And what it generally lacks in an improv scene is this sense of, why is this character compelled to hit this pattern to begin with? It usually has to do with that emotional perspective. Right. And that in a, in a lot of improv scenes, when people get, get hung up on that, they'll forget all about the emotion. Like mm-hmm. in the example of the car bros, it will become the thing of mom coming in over and over again to tell them to not touch the car, but they'll lose the sense of these guys, like genuine passion or enthusiasm for the car. Right. In the sense of the eulogy, it would be, kind of forgetting about the emotion at this eulogy and it would just become referencing more sky mall stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's finding the kind of like living emotional heart behind it. The reason why these people are compelled to hit a pattern over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think there's a, yeah, I, th- I think that's absolutely it. And you know, you can try and think of like the access point, the ac- ex- rather the access point mm-hmm. of it, right? Like we have these two things that are funny when they're together, where do they cross? And then how do we set it up a new way mm-hmm. uh, for the next beat? Mm-hmm. Right. 
Um, I also, I just realized I, uh, I just want to go back to what I was just saying because I set up, uh, I, if you're listening to this and you want to apply to a Teams, I should be clear. Like I, uh, I was talking about this, uh, I, a sketch where you, what you do just want to see is the repetitive thing over and over. Yeah. What I'd set up to say was there are sometimes sketches where you want to see new and new information, mm-hmm. right? So just to be clear on the difference, like that's a clear cut case where like the fun thing is just, uh, here, here's like, uh, getting emotionally worked up over sky mall stuff is stupid. So that's fun. And we just want to heighten that thing and, and you can get in and get out. That's a short sketch, mm-hmm. right? Versus a sketch where, um, the unusual thing is like, Oh, I want I need to, uh, that's curious. Like there's a sketch that the executives also did where you're, they're all running for these kids running for student office. And we find out they're like, uh, they are, uh, they all live in a fear commune, mm-hmm. right? Which is like, there's no such thing as a fear commune. So the fun thing in that sketch is like every time they speak, we get to learn a little bit more about what living in a fear commune is right. like. What, what it, else is true? Yeah. yeah. What else is true about this weird place you live? And then the guy running the show can straight man it and be like, oh, I didn't know that's crazy. But, um, but that's an example of like, okay, cool. The fun thing here is not doing it over and over. It's like giving me new information every time mm-hmm. one of these students steps forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like a real exploratory sketch mm-hmm. versus like a beat, 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 close it up, get out of there. Kind of and sketch. the exploratory one, you would be comfortable. Like what would be like a good length for that? Like five pages? I mean, I think legitimately you can get either done in four. Yeah. I, I rarely, rarely see a sketch where that needs to go to five pages. Mm-hmm. I, if, if you find yourself on, if you finish a sketch and it's a full five, read it a couple of times. You probably don't need a lot of these lines. You might not need some of these characters. Mm-hmm. You, you can certainly, I, I bet if you looked through, especially on your first page, you can see four or five lines that are like, oh, one guy can say all of this in four sentences mm-hmm. and give, give one person a little like, like a, a paragraph, you mm-hmm. know, that's okay. People don't speak with, they don't take turns saying one sentence at a time in life. Mm-hmm. One person can talk for a little bit longer, get the exposition out and then we move forward. Um, but five pages, I think you're just hurting yourself because in a room, you know, even if you have a great room, that's like really engaged and really ready to help people, you're reading something dryly. We've never seen this thing before. So unless it's like the fucking most nuts, like interesting idea in the world, which like, none of them are, mm-hmm. you know, then, uh, do yourself a favor and like make it real tight so that people stick with you. You yeah. know, it just gives your idea the benefit of the doubt, uh, or rather the benefit of, uh, people, people aren't going to tune out. They're going to be ready to pitch when this is over. So better to leave people saying we can do a little bit more with this idea than to leave them saying that that exhausted itself a page and a half ago. Certainly. Um, yeah, absolutely. You don't want to bore people in your room. Um, and a good room's not going to tell you that you did yeah. obviously, but, uh, but, um, but yeah, you want to, you want to leave room, uh, to, to work with this idea. And even if you close it up tightly, I just think you genuinely, if, if you're honest with your own work, you could probably, you can tell everything a little shorter than you did. Yeah. Um, and it's funnier when you do, if the, 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 how many times you see like a really big laugh, just cause someone's just like, what, mm-hmm. you know, that's always a big laugh. It's don't, don't, don't say, whoa, 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 wait, hold on. What? That's, mm-hmm. that's not funny. Mm-hmm. So just tighten it up. I think it's, it's nice to be brief. It's funny. Yeah, that I've been uh, playing a lot with like straight man dynamic uh-huh. in classes recently, and uh, there's so much about like uh, the straight man should just interject periodically with a simple "what." Yeah, leave it at that. Mm-hmm. It, it, watching people overplay that role and try to insist on on grounding it mm-hmm. is usually a recipe for uh we're gonna go a little we're going too long yeah for yeah. sure yeah. To, to be super technical for a second 
Um, what specifically should someone put in their package if they're applying to the program? Ooh, um, I that that's like definitely specific to what you think is the strongest. I, I we look we we do look and we talk a lot about is this is the structure of this sketch reasonable? Does it make sense? Are they like committing to one idea? We talk about just fundamentals of sketch. Do you, do they have they illustrated to us that they can handle this? Because the when you're once you're on it when you're out of classes and you're on a team, you have to produce twice as much in half the time that you did in sketch two, right? Mm-hmm. You need to bring in two sketches a week uh, every, and they need to be ready by week four versus hey, you can kind of bring in like three or four over eight weeks and see what works. So it's just, there's just more of a demand. And also you're, you're expected to take people's ideas. You're not, you're not super pressed to do that in classes, at least when I was big sibbing and I was doing it, it was more about you individually getting the skill set you need down. And that's mm-hmm. dope. But once you're on a team, you, I, it's certainly as a director myself and what I'd like the other directors to do, and I think they do, is press, pressure people to say, no, 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 this is, this is the team sketch once you bring it to us. Mm-hmm. So you need to, I don't want to see just new jokes you wrote over the weekend. I want you to take that idea that fucking really got a big laugh that X said and, and put it in your sketch. And that's, even if you take the joke verbatim, you do got to get in there with some, like a wrench and figure, all right, like, how does this actually make sense if I put this into the sketch? Mm-hmm. So editing skills come into play and, and, uh, and that's something we, if, if you can prove to us that you, uh, understand the architecture of a sketch, then we're a little more comfortable saying, oh, okay, cool. Well, they'll be able to, they, they understand sketch. They understand how this is communicated. So I, th- I feel more comfortable putting in a room with other people that they'd be able to accept those ideas that mm-hmm. people give to them. If it's a little uh, like loose or amorphous packet, that it can still be very funny, but we would probably inherently question how much of, the, how comfortable you are at taking other people's ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but I don't, but when you're crafting your packet on, yeah, on the other side of that, I, I want to see why you're funny. You know, I want to know what you, what makes you laugh. So uh, if you do have a sketch, that's if, if you're like weighing between, Oh, this sketch is so tight. It's so crisp, but it, uh, you know, it's like not, it doesn't make me laugh. Um, and then, or, or it's just sort of like an idea you've seen around, you know, it's like a crazy doctor or something versus, uh, this is a little looser, but it it's so specific to me and it really, it, it surprises me when I read it. Then like put the doctor sketch down and like edit your sketch, you know, like I'd want to see the one that you think is funny. So, mm-hmm. uh, a, you should be editing your packets. So like, even if you have these ideas from classes or whatever, don't, you don't hand me the, the idea direct from your class, like take a week and, and punch this up and cut it down, you know? Um, and B, uh, but, but B, I should say, uh, but I want to see the one that's, that shows what you would prefer to do. Cause mm-hmm. I, I know you're going to get on the team and pitch the idea that makes you happy. You should do that. So I want to, I want to read what you, what that is. So now let's talk about a person who's been cast on a team. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's your first sketch team experience working collaboratively. Cool. Uh, what advice do you have for people to have the best experience that they can? Like if you could go back and talk to yourself, what might you advise yourself to make this a more comfortable time? Uh, well, I tell myself to shut the fuck up a lot. Um, that's not something I would say to everybody, but I was just loud personally. Um, uh, but I think what I would tell most people is um, these teams have a lot of like, it's alchemy in them. You know, some of them, you look at them on paper and you're like, they're going to be studs and they're not. And some of them, you look at them on paper and you're like, I'm not sure. And they're 
fucking off the rails good. Um, so just be open to the idea that like this, this is going to be a work in progress. You're going to have, it's going to be hard sometimes. And sometimes it's going to feel like this is the easiest thing in the world. And this is why you're doing it. Um, but, uh, so just go into it with an open mind. Like it's, oh, I think certainly I did. And I think a lot of people do, you get on a sketch team for the first time and you're like, this is going to be the thing that I, I worked really hard for. And I'm so fucking excited for. And you get there and maybe you don't get a lot of sketches up this season, or maybe you don't get cast in the the roles you wanted to play. You thought you'd really kill that one. Um, and maybe you, maybe you would have, and maybe your sketch should have gone in, but it didn't. So like, be okay with that. It's not the end of your career. And it's not like the way that you'll be judged for the, the end of time. Just mm-hmm. keep doing the work, keep getting better because both might be true. Maybe that sketch or that role should have been yours, but you're probably also, you have, you can improve. So just, uh, take your time, you know, uh, one, two, three sketch seasons is not that long in life, right? That's like a year and a half to go through three sketch seasons. So just, uh, I'd say be open-minded to the fact that this isn't, it, it is tremendous amounts of fun and I don't want to undersell that part of it, but, uh, but it's, it's work. It's, there's homework involved in this and you, you got to know your lines and you got to hit your marks and, and alternatively to like improv, where I think a lot of people come in, where you get on stage and like you're making the choices right now, and that's the end of it. In sketch, you sometimes you're like, oh, I don't think that's funny, but that's what we're doing, and I'm gonna jump on board with it. Uh, the best thing you can do is just go go 100 harder than you would have if you don't think it's funny. Just mm-hmm. lean into it so hard. A, you'll be surprised that pe- people will laugh at that. You know, you're half the over half the time you're usually being too hard on the joke because you're passionate about this thing. And, uh, and I think you'll just find that you enjoy it more. Uh, if you, it doesn't matter if the joke is the best joke in the show, you're just doing sketches. It doesn't matter. Just have a good time and like commit full throttle to this thing and people will respond to you and you'll end up learning like, Oh, I can do a lot more than I thought than I am imagined myself doing. That sounds so cheesy. But what I mean is like you go in thinking you're like, Oh, I do these things in comedy. Those that's like my shtick. I'm like, uh, like, crazy uh uh like uh, like i do a lot of like uh like long island the crazy thing and like well oh turns out i can also do like a very composed librarian now and i didn't fucking know that because i didn't wasn't gonna give it a chance and now i did mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, i mean like the cliche that always comes to my mind is whenever i read anything about phil hartman and and the phil hartman to me is the sort of like ideal of how you want other comedians to think of you because everybody who worked with him only says he went out of his way to make everybody's ideas sell all the time. It, it didn't matter if there was no joke in the sketch, he could sell the joke right. of the sketch. It, and it was, there was never any judgment of anybody else's thing. Mm-hmm. It was total professionalism the entire time. Um, which like is great for a bunch of reasons. It, not the least of which is maybe you find a joke somewhere that there wasn't just right. from a committed performance but also to be the person in the room that other people want in the room. I, I, I can't imagine a, a, a better, I can't imagine coming out of comedy w- having learned a better lesson than being the person that everybody else wants to be there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, there's some people we, we talk about that are just like, Oh yeah. You know, they're not like, the, like we don't talk about them as being like, Oh, that guy writes the whole show, that guy's incredible, or that girl's the best writer ever, or or being like a clear, huge fundamental force on stage. But they're like, 
they're a huge part of this team. And it, it might be some intangible thing they bring to the table that, mm-hmm. that people just like, we want them around. We're not doing a show without this guy yeah. or this girl, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I think that's absolutely valid. Yeah. I, so talk to me a little bit about your experience with dynamics with teams. Like what, what can people expect good and bad in a room? Because like, I have no experience on a sketch team, but I have lots of experience on improv teams. Yeah. And until you've been on an improv team and until you've been on an improv team, that wasn't your creation. That was like, you're a playing by director. You're, yeah. You're created, playing by somebody yeah. else's rules here. Until you've had that experience, you don't really understand the ways that it, it's like living with somebody or the ways that it's like kind of being in a marriage where you have to choose your battles and you have to know when to compromise and you have to know when to, when to, when to go with someone else's taste, even if it's not your taste and, and, and you have to know when to insist on your thing and when to kind of like stand up for your ideas. So like what, what has your experience been in that, in that regard? Um, well, you're going to face all of that. That's just inherent to what we do. Um, uh, I'd, I think the best advice is just like, enjoy the diversity of ideas. Like whether or not it's something you really want to do, enjoy the ride of being like, okay, let's fucking see how this goes. You know, it, it is fun to just, to not be certain of something. Hmm. So just a, that should be fun for you. Not like a burden for you. Um, but, uh, also, um, I think, uh, I think teams generally do better when, uh, there's a certain, like, a little bit of an inherent, like, okay, whether or not this idea is my favorite thing, I'm going to treat it with respect. So I, I think like language helps a lot in the room with that. Like if you, your voice, if you want, if you disagree with something or are advocating for something you don't feel is heard, be outspoken, be loud. And, and you have a hundred percent agency. You're on this team. You have like partial ownership on this team. Uh, you're, you're on the board of directors, but, uh, but know that, uh, so does everybody else. So just, even if it's as simple as phrase, like, don't say, Oh, don't do that. We're talking about a beat. Just simply phrase it. Like, um, I, I wonder if X or like, let's say we tried it where X happened, you know, just, just pitch it, pitch it. Like it's, it's just a change in idea. It's not, you shouldn't, don't bicker, you know, don't, don't go for someone's head. Mm. They, they thought it was funny. You didn't don't no fucking big deal, you know, but just simply phrasing things in like a little bit more of a polite way you're going to go so much further from, from this. And a lot of times I don't think it's uh, deliberate, but I, I think some people just speak that way in life and have the habit of being like, oh, no, no, don't do this, do this. And it just sounds so much like it's like, you're, you're being real bossy and you're making somebody feel shitty about their idea that they really liked and they worked hard on. Um, and I think it's an accident, but it's something to be aware of in yourself if you're new to this and you're coming onto a team or if you've been around a while and you're like, oh shit, maybe I do that. Mm. It's not a big deal, but be aware of it in the future. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I think that's really helpful. Um, uh, does that speak to your question or yeah, did I go no, off track? No, it, yeah, yeah, no, it definitely does. Okay, yeah. Cool. And, and, and the opposite of that too, to recognize that sometimes people come off more abrasive than they really are. Totally. And to kind of like learn to understand that this is just part of the way that this, this, this person expresses themselves and to not take it personally and to not be upset. E- even if there's like their face is turning red, but I know that this, this is not an angry thing. This is, they get very passionate. Absolutely. I'm loud. I'm the loudest dude in New York. Yeah. I'm so fucking loud, but, uh, and it, it took me a while to like learn to like just rearrange the way I present an idea because it's just, I know how I come off now. It took a while to learn that. Um, but, uh, uh, and yeah, so yeah, just know that some people like 
it sounds like they're ranting and raving on your sketch, but I mean, if they're like me and I imagine some people are, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with what I'm saying until half of the sentence is out of my mouth sometimes. Right. right? That's just the way I process. That's so just be cool with not everybody. Not everyone's process is like yours. And, uh, it, again, that's part of the fun. There's going to be a guy on the team. You're like, man, you're a fucking weirdo. It's fun. It's not a, it's not like a burden for you. It's a really, that's what's enjoyable about this. Um, sorry to keep using them as an example, but I think if like the executives are like a real hodgepodge, you know, like there's, there's, if you look at us on paper and like as individuals, I mean, our cast has changed every season, but, uh, but like that core group that stick around, I think it's, they're, uh, they're not necessarily like, you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh yeah, okay. Those four people are in like one click or area and like, they make sense together. And these four people do. I don't think, I think the majority is just like, I don't fucking know. It's a mm-hmm. grab bag but the alchemy works and everyone's super respectful and just like is about the work. Like mm-hmm. people fucking love do, making shows together. Mm-hmm. So we've now we're really good friends, but it's definitely like that was cast in, in the iron, the like fire of, we just did shows for fucking years, you know? And everybody just wanted to come in and, and work hard and take each other's ideas. And when you're like cool and respectful and you don't take it, you, you take it seriously in that you're going to work hard, but not in that, like this is your gateway to the, the rest of your life, right. you know, then you, uh, everything's funnier and you have a better time and you're more willing to be like, yeah, yeah, that joke was good. I'll put that in. There's two things uh, about that, that, uh, kind of like speak very directly to me. One is it's interesting kind of keeping check of your ego in a room because without your ego in comedy, you're kind of nothing. Your, your, your ego really is a driving force. A, a, you have to always kind of feel the sense of, I'm important enough for people to listen to. Yeah. So you have to kind of insist on like, right. you, you got to have a little bit of pride in yourself and B, so much of comedy comes from recognizing like, how do I insert ego back into this? Right. Like, like I'll explain what I mean. Yeah. Like the, uh, um, like the guys in Evan sketch, the, the car bros, right. Like mm-hmm. thinking about like, well, where are these guys egos? How do I like connect with that sense of ego? How do I connect with that sense of like stupidity? If I can connect with your ego, I can start coming up with funny things to say right. in your voice. Mm-hmm. I've noticed in improv teams that ego is oftentimes a very divisive thing in the room and the really good teams. This also sounds like a huge cliche, but you hear it all the time of the really good teams. It's all about the work. Mm-hmm. Everyone's able to clear their ego aside to focus on the work together. And then they bring their ego to the stage when they need it to like insist on, no, we're playing this game right now. Follow me. I know that this is a funny thing to be doing right now. Yeah. Whereas like, if you can't learn to check that ego or you take things like super personally, or you judge the quality of the work that's being done by either how high profile you are in it or how much of a response you're getting, or like I had a bad night tonight. So therefore the show sucks or I had a great night tonight, so therefore the show is great. Right. That's the kind of shit that leads to trouble down the line with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I wish there were, I, I wish I had like a better way to say it than like if if you if you what you really want, it is about the work, right? Like I don't know how many times to say it without for to make people be like, oh yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. I think you 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 maybe just have to be in a position where you're surrounded by people that really are about the work. Totally. And you're suddenly like, okay, cool. Totally. Great, love it. I'm on board with this because it is contagious, man. It is real. If you really love comedy, if you're fucking comedy nerd and you're yeah. surrounded by people like that want to do this well, you're fucking sucked in, dude. Yeah. You're gonna love it. Sorry, go ahead. I'm no, I, it, well, I was just reminded as you were talking about like this is something that I I have seen a lot of. Uh, um, 
oftentimes the person who is saying to themselves, it's all about the work mm-hmm. is like the biggest fucking ego on the team. <laughs> it, because then they'll be like, it's all about the work. But like, Ari, can I talk to you privately for a second? Yeah, yeah. You know me, it's all about the work. But I don't think Evan's all about the work on this team. Right. I think Evan's not taking things seriously. And it, you kind I'll, of, I'll it like rarely is like the biggest egotistical asshole on the team, the one who's, talking like the biggest egotistical right. asshole, they're usually blaming other people for not being serious enough. Yeah, all about the work becomes the like, look, you know I'm not about that drama. Right. But, and then, but like, text me, motherfucker. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, certainly. And I mean, I don't know. There's nothing you can, like, if they're, if somebody is doing that, then politely be like, okay, well, you know, if you're about the work, then let's just do the fucking show. Don't right. worry about it, you know? Yeah. Remind them that they're right. It's about the work. Um, so chill out. Yeah. Uh, but I think the... Um, at the very least, like you can make it about the work, right? Like what a worst case scenario. And we just made these teams and I don't think it's going to be an issue, but let's say oh, there is, you feel like you're the person on this team that like, you really just want to come in and do work and everybody else. There's like all this internal, like, oh, they're feuding with them or whatever, whatever. I mean, knock on so much wood right now, but, uh, and I don't think it will be, but let's say that happens. And like, all you can do is be like the common, the calm amongst the storm, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just come in with your sketches, enjoy your sketches try and pitch to other people's and see what happens. It's no big deal. These seasons end and we make decisions, right? So like if every, if it's the worst situation in the world, it's not a reflection on your experience at, in this program or at the magnet theater forever. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, okay, this, it's going to be a tough couple months, but maybe you can get a couple sketches up that do well or get a couple roles that where you really shine. Um, and in the meantime, just, just uh, be clear with your director, you know, if you really, if it's an issue, but in the room, be as respectful and about the work as you can, and and you you will rise to the top. Well, that's like uh, so everybody in in the sketch and improv world talks and gossips. Yeah, it's inescapable. Yeah, people are talking about you for sure. And um, it, it, like every director I've ever talked to is well aware when the team isn't working, they're well aware of how the people on that team are handling it not working. You're well aware of the people who are like throwing in the towel and giving up and misbehaving and acting like jerks. And you're well aware of the people who may not be shining right now, but you see them being responsible to it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, people will get it in their heads that like, if a team isn't working, they have to show off a little bit more. So people see that they're not the reason why the team wasn't working and they end up fucking it up for themselves. Like people talk and they talk about your bad behavior and they also talk about your good behavior. They talk about the people who keep their cool even when shit kind of sucks. Yeah. And you end up, when you can keep your shit cool even while it's falling apart, it ends up being the Phil Hartman thing a little bit of like, you're the person that people want to have in a room. Mm-hmm. I'm just like saying that as like a message to no, the community because everybody fucking talks about you. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's just that you just, that's just part of doing this. Yeah. Um, uh, it's everyone's favorite part of the day and it's everyone's favorite thing to talk about once they leave. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and yeah, but also like to the, like people really do like working with that guy and girl that's like just about the work. Right. So like it is contagious, be that thing. Maybe a couple more people be like, Oh yeah, why am I fucking worried about this thing? Right. And if a majority of your team that isn't working is about the work suddenly it's a fuck that team is working. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to solve itself. If you guys just like settle down a little bit. Um, but I mean, you're not going to get rid of all the drama. That's just like, that's going to happen, I suppose. But it's part of the fun of it. Too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So now let's talk about people who have kind of weathered that and they've proven themselves as a team. The alchemy is there. Right. Um, um, you're setting the bar a little bit higher now for this team. 
going forward as director of the program, what what goals would you have? What expectations do you have of like really solid groups? What do you yeah. what do you want to see people accomplishing? Well, let's say, yeah, all right. Let's say you're a team that um, when I come on a Monday and I see you, I know I'm going to see like clearly communicated ideas uh, if that are funny, you know, straight up like commanding performances and uh, uh, and and like tight writing. You know, that's just, you're saying that's like a given on this team. Given. Totally. Um, challenge yourself, man. I if you if you're a team that's been doing this for I don't know two three seasons and you're like you're knocking them out of the park and you're just steady. You know, you're consistent. I think like. I think uh, sketch at its best is like consistently a B, you know what I mean? Cause that's just the nature of what we're telling four pages of a joke, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not, you're not going to get a lot of a pluses and you're, you're hopefully not going to get a lot of D's, but if you're consistently a B, like you're a fucking good team. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just cause we're, we're making, we're making so much of this so often. Um, but, uh, but what I want to see is those teams that are like, they have a lot of A's and they're, they never really dip too low um, in grade point average, let's say to say, all right, well, what, what you don't have to do a theme show like the executives do, but you could do something that's, that challenges you in a new way. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily want you to tackle like a narrative thing. Cause it's like going to fuck with the whole dynamic of like how a sketch team operates yeah. breaking stories, hard as shit. Yeah. But, um, try, you know, do a mono scene sketch show. You know what I mean? Like do a, do a show that, uh, or do a bat or something like do, do a show that like fucks around a little bit. You know, I don't want teams in their first season to, jump on that necessarily, but yeah, a veteran team that's been around a while, like, or even within your sketches, I like to, th- I like to think of the, when I write anyway, like the shape of a sketch, the like geometry of it. I think when we learn a, a, when we're thinking about a sketch that you would learn in sketch 101, right. When you're just getting it down, they often look like a, like a, like a vertical stack of circles and they get smaller every time, you know, like you have your, on your who, what, and where at 12 o'clock uh, and, or you're like, your lights up and on a template or a a tableau at 12 Mm o'clock, three o'clock, you get your like who, what, and where six o'clock is your unusual thing. Nine o'clock is your like, uh, challenging the unusual thing and like kind of just or like showing a point of view. This is who, this is why I do this unusual thing. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's unusual. And then we kind of set back at 12 o'clock for the, for the second beat. Right. And we're back at just, it's just a shorter version of that because we got to get, stay ahead of them. So that one real one-on-one real basic sketch to me just looks like it's a big circle up top and it just gets smaller every time. It's just stacked on top of each mm-hmm. other. If you're like sick of that, if you're like, if you know you can crush those sketches, uh, fuck with the shape, fuck with the geometry. What does this sketch feel like to you? Is it more of like a celebrity jeopardy where it's like you got three little circles on the side and, and like a premise that overarches it, right? Like just celebrity jeopardy. It, the game is like uh, this sketch or this show. It's Alex Trebek just trying to hold a show together and no one's participating. Mm-hmm. But then each component, each three uh, contestant has a game, right? They are all like, oh, I'm Burt Reynolds, and I j- you're not going to get me to not wear this fucking hat, and I'm uh, Sean Connery, and I'm going to make fun of your mom. Mm-hmm. Like they, so each beat, we get to see them do that in new ways, and then come back to the premise of the sketch, which is this like larger idea. That's a totally different shape, uh, or like, a, like if you were to draw that sketch, it would look totally different, you know? So I think challenge yourself individually by bringing in sketches that are just things you've not done before. Uh, sketches that are, yeah, maybe they have like a sub game if you've never done that before. Or maybe they're, uh, I don't do a lot of sketches there where it's like lights up over here, lights up over there. F- like you are in theater. Mm-hmm. Find what, what are the, the, the things we can use in this medium that you've not taken advantage of and find a way to be funny in, with, with those mediums. Um, and as a team, you can do that too, I think. Uh, you could, you just think about it. 
similarly to like, oh, you have these, uh, like Celebrity Jeopardy, where you have three separate games and then this overarching thing. I think you can find a way to have your show fit under an idea and still have like individual sketches underneath that that fit well, but are separate from themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, yeah, what, what is a team do you want to do? Talk about it. You know, don't, uh, if, if this is, if you feel like your team's like ready to, to jump up and, and do like a, like something that's not seven sketches that are very neatly filed in a row, then pitch. Be like, hey, can we do a show that's just on a, like, uh, that like is on, uh, uh, on top of Volcano that no one knows is going to explode? Like, that's a, that's a fun idea. You know, you could do that. You get your sketches that are individual sketches and also every now and then you reference the fact that nobody knows that they're going to die soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if that's funny. I just made it up, but there's... It might be great. It might be great. Yeah, pitch it. You know, and talk about it as a team. I'm sure you'll find something. Or maybe you guys really just want to do a game show. You know, it, I don't know. But but challenge yourselves. Do something that uh, is not just uh, seven consent. Like, that's what we learn in class. And that's what we learn in our first, like, two, three seasons. And be honest. Like, if you don't think... If you're like, ah, we got some work to do, then do the work first. That's okay. It's not a big deal. That's why we're doing sketch shows and not... We don't expect you to do more than that. Mm-hmm. We want you to do sketch and we want you to do it well. But yeah, I mean, teams that have been around forever. Yeah, man, challenge you. Do, do, don't feel like you're in handcuffs. Um, and obviously that's something I would, uh, you'll, you'll know by talking with me after uh, shows week in, week out for the next like couple seasons, whether or not your, your team, and just by talking to your director and your teammates, if you, if you are ready for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your hope going forward? Like what, what mark do you want to leave on the program? Um, I'd like, I think right now we have teams that are more focused than they've, like, than they were certainly a couple of years ago or, or, and like, or we have way committed acting, way more committed acting. Um, and I think Chet's done like a really great job with all that. And I, I certainly hope that I can make a home that, uh, for people that is, they're around, they've been around for a while and they're fucking good, but they're just bored. You know, they've just been doing it for a while. I'd like something, I'd like another step on the staircase. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and additionally, I think I want teams to, uh, I'd like to see teams and individuals on those teams have agency and feel like they can do shows at magnet that aren't there. Like their Monday night shows are the time to do the, do it by the books and like really just do a good show. But if you've got a nuts idea, I would like, there to be more of a scene uh, for people to, to put their weird ideas at, at like put up a 30 minute show. Mm-hmm. You know, I want there to be this wealth of, we've never really had a, a deep cut indie scene. Um, and uh, at least I don't know about the improv scene, but uh, at least in sketch, we've had a few teams come up for sure and do some shows, but I'd love to see people uh, that meet on Monday nights have extracurricular teams. You know, I don't think doing one show a month is enough to like, knock it out of the park and get like, get, it's not a lot of reps. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's, it's good, but do more, you know? And I'd like to foster a, a sketch program that has a, that lets people do that. That lets them get their shows up in, in other slots. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Kick ass, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. We have a couple of minutes left. Cool. You're also hosting character bash with Elena. I am. Uh, and we actually have a really cool show coming up, uh, March 6th at 10 30, uh, which is a Monday night. We're doing a, a show that for a charity, so we're trying to raise money for this thing called uh, Eastside House Settlement, which is a program, not-for-profit in the Bronx and North Manhattan that uh, provides resources to teachers and students and uh, with a, a wealth of, of different programs under that, like school uh, food programs or, or, uh, commute or transit stuff and, and just 
because it's regional, they can really focus on the needs of these specific kids and, and help them with it. It's a really dope program. Um, and uh, so we're, we're trying to raise money for them. And we have an all-star studded cast this month, which Lewis Kornfeld is a, a part of. Yeah, I'll be in it. Yep. Uh, as well as just like all the teachers you would see. So like Megan DeCanellis, Nikita Burden, and there's, I'm missing people, but it's a, it's a stellar show. So March 6th at 1030, uh, check that out, you know, throw a couple bucks in a bucket and, and, you know, put it to good use. Uh, and, uh, should check that out and check out the executives on Friday nights starting in April. Awesome. Yeah. Right on. Do it friends. Yeah. All right. Congratulations, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, Lewis. Good yeah. talk to you. Good talking to you too. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. That's been the Magnet Theater Podcast. I'd like to thank a couple of people. First off, I'd like to, of course, thank our producer, Evan Ford Barden, our executive producer, Ed Herpsman, and, of course, today's guest, Ari Miller. Uh, Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, give us a positive rating on iTunes. It would sure be wonderful. Am I missing anything? No, I'm not. Anything else you want to plug? Um, Watch my stuff online when it comes out. There you go. Cool. Fabulous. Google, Google Ari Miller, <laughs> Thanks, friends. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Ari. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Magnet Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by the Magnet Training Center, where we teach classes in improvisation, sketch writing, musical improv, storytelling, and more. If you're interested in checking us out, we offer free weekly intro to improv classes. You can find out more about those free intro classes and all other classes we offer at magnettheater.com. Our podcast is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and give us a positive rating. We appreciate the support. Also, be sure to check out the Magnet Theater for top-notch comedy shows seven nights a week. All information regarding classes and shows can be found at magnettheater.com.